The ocean is a great place with lots of room to roam. The perfect way to escape for the fish that call it home. Just stick together, we'll all be fine, the friendly bait fish will chime. But there's one who's a master of the hunting craft that captures prey with a whoosh and a crack. The ocean may be great from high to low tide, but there's one within its depths from which no fish can hide. But that's just the way of the briny sea in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and if time permits, Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you, the listener. Our friends, the listener. Listeners are friends, not food. Mm. I'm Joe. And I agree with that statement. (laughs) Because I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a shark that steals a technique from Indiana Jones to get some fishy treasure. Mm. But more on that later. Yeah. But first, let's just go ahead and say we're, we're talking about the thresher shark. Yes, it likes to thresh uh, grain from the whatever grain comes from. <laughs> grass. Sure. Grass-like just, plants. Just mow your grass and thresh the grain out of it. Wheat. Sell it. Um, uh, the thresher shark, by any other name, would be... Other names? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, so I've got the Cool Whip, mm. the Stun and Gun. That's okay. That's okay. The better one is the Smack'em and Snack'em. I like that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but it's also known as the Fox Shark. Have you seen its face? Yes. It's got it this l- adorable little concerned face. It looks like Beaker. Yeah, it looks, it looks like exactly Be- like Beaker. Beaker from the Muppets. Um, it's scared and slightly disgusted. <laughs> oh, it doesn't look like a fox a at all, though. Even with maybe it's got that pointy little nose. Yeah, I mean, it looks as cute as a shark can be. I, I, I think as cute as a like a twenty foot shark can be. The the super small ones like the sleeper shark. That's pretty cute. But anyway, since we do have time and time is permitting, I think it's time for some of that taxonomy you were talking about earlier. Before you get into the taxonomy, I just want to update the listeners on. A little, a little poll that I, I took. Did you do another poll? I did another poll. And the poll read, Dear listeners, please help us settle this debate. Which bear is more heartwarming? <laughs> <laughs> throughout, throughout the uh, responding period, Winnie the Pooh surged ahead like no bear has ever done. But as the, as the poll period ran on, Paddington, Paddington Bear came, came from behind. And the final tally was 73% to 27% Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> a freaking course. <laughs> I, I knew that Paddington wasn't going to win. 11 votes. Pretty okay. decent poll. Paddington's a real bear, though. In a, in a fight, Paddington with bones and muscles and, and I, real bear. It wasn't a fight. I, he's just like, I don't know. Which one would I want to be my little brother? It, it, it's for me. It's a toss-up between Winnie the Pooh. I feel and like Paddington. wanting to be the little brother is a toss-up. Um, Paddington does more structural damage to like house and home because he's a real bear. 
Winnie the Pooh is a stuffed animated stuffed bear. Right. That's 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 inhabited by the ghost of some sort of like like uh, forest witch. Uh, I mean, Winnie the Pooh does eat a lot. I don't know if that's imagination food or if it's real food. I think it just like plasters that honey all over his face, and it just like soaks like, into the like. Like the cookie monster eating a cookie. It doesn't actually eat it. It just <laughs> kind of falls it. apart. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about bears or honey. We're not. But let's get into some taxonomy. Because <laughs> we're talking about a shark. Let's go back <laughs> into the ocean, please. <laughs> you heathens that think that Winnie the Pooh is better than... Pa- I, I I see why people would think that. In, in, a, in a heartwarming contest? Yeah. I just saw the first, like, ten minutes of The Great Adventure or whatever. Oh, Winnie yeah. The Pooh, and, um... It was okay. I like the older stuff better. Oh no, it's the best. Uh, the one where he goes to skull. Yeah, that's the best one. And they they start out by singing like this. I always really forget there's a contemporary song. song. It's like this is a little like not Winnie the Poohish. I always forget there's a song. Whatever. Anyway, you gotta finish it. Anyway, finish we're not talking it. about Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so now that we have time, we're gonna do some taxonomy. Yes. Um, we're gonna we're gonna f- start by talking about um a kingdom. Uh, the Mongols. Okay. Kingdom Mong- Mongolia. <laughs> where there are animals. Like like Kingdom Animalia. Yeah. Which is where we are. Like reindeer. Who would be the king of... King- is, it, is it the lion? Who's the king of what? Who's the king of, king of the, the Animalia, Animalia kingdom? I guess it's the lion. But he's the king of the jungle. But he doesn't live in the jungle. He lives in the savannah. I'm sure he's jungle a jungle adjacent. Yeah, I think the like the leopard is the king of the jungle. Anyway, <laughs> we're we're on to the phylum, which because we've got a spine going on here, we're in chordata. Sweet, sweet. Oh dang! I didn't practice these. Is this a cartilaginous fish? Yes. So it's Cartilag- a cartilaginous. Uh, so it's a cartilage spine. Yes. Interessante. Which brings me to the class, which is. Chondrichthys. Yep, chondrichthys, uh, which is cartilaginous fish like sharks, rays, and skates. Which I didn't know there was a difference between rays and skates. Oh yeah, it looked pretty darn similar. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them. Skates in a... got uh, their barbs up close to the tail, and the rays have them on the ends of the tail, or don't have them at all, like a which is ray. something I think might be true. <laughs> Did you make that up? <laughs> no, I, I've heard something to that effect. I don't know if that's the the true definite the true difference between the two. I know that rays are, I think, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So the order is Lamniformes, which are mackerel sharks. Okay. Like the great white and the goblin shark. I've seen that goblin shark. It's ugly. It is very ugly. Maybe the ugliest animal ever. Maybe. Oh no. Maybe the ugliest animal that. Can't only be seen through an electron microscope. The eye eye can get pretty ugly. Uglier than a goblin shark? Let's. Th- I'm just like spitballing. There's a lots to choose from. The eye eye is adorable compared to the goblin Globfish? shark. Blobfish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the family for the thresher shark is Alopidae. Two eyes next to each other, which is just wrong. <laughs> Should be illegal. Alopidae. And then, uh, so the genus is Alopius. Mm. One eye that time, like uh, God intended it to be. One eye that time. <laughs> that song is awful. <laughs> um, and so Alopius is, comes from the Greek word for fox. 
And then the species is vul vulpinus, since we're doing the common thresher shark. Vulpinus, which is the Latin word for fox. Okay. So it's fox fox. And it doesn't look like a fox. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. It looks like beaker. Beaker's face is attached to a regular shark with a long tail, which we'll talk about I, later. I would think that if any shark looks like a fox, this looks the most like a fox. Really? I'm, are I guess there, I, are there any other sharks that look more like a fox? I don't know why. This, like The long tail doesn't necessarily make it look like a fox. I mean, I guess that would make it look as much like a squirrel as a fox. I, think, I think it's in the face. Really? The pointy face. Triangle face. You want to, do you want to see my drawing of his face? Sure. Look. He looks like he's saying... <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's saying, What are you doing? <laughs> Like, like you, you're starting to undress near him, and he's <laughs> he's not having it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, no. All right. So now that we've talked about, so this is um, Alopius vulpinus is the binomial nomenclature. We're back down to two. Last week, la last week we had a trinomial nomenclature, which was crazy, and it took me a week to get over. Now we're at the range. So let's talk about where this shark lives. Okay. Um, mostly along the continental shelves of North America and Asia. However, it is everywhere because it's the ocean and a lot of animals that live in the ocean go everywhere. <laughs> um, it's usually relatively shallow. It's said that it only goes down to about 1,500 feet, which doesn't seem shallow to me. But I guess when you're talking about the ocean, it's pretty shallow. I actually got, it's been clocked. It's been, uh, it's been, <laughs> look at that shark go. It's been like, it's been seen at 1800 feet. A, a rogue shark, a rogue stun and gun. <laughs> They're also found like in around New Zealand and uh, even in the Mediterranean. No. Does Mediterranean mean Middle Earth? Yes. It's pretty darn cool. <laughs> but why is it called that? Why isn't it a water term? Because it's in the middle oh, of it's between all of this earth. earth. Okay. That's so cool. Anyway, so that's where it lives. Pretty much everywhere that's not like Arctic waters. That's for like the, Johnny Cash. That's for the... What? It's been everywhere, man. Except for Arctic waters? <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. He, um, he lists... In that song, he just lists United States cities. Oh, really? He doesn't list all 198 countries? No. Because he's been everywhere? <laughs> um, un so he, these guys are everywhere except for Arctic waters, unlike our last shark. The Greenland shark lives in Arctic waters. The appearance of this shark, as we've already described, is weird when it comes to the face. But the rest, the, like the main body, is very shark-like. Little face, a little mouth. Big yeah. eyes, little mouth. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's important. It's that, anime. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Disney princess. Giant <laughs> eyes, little mouth, and they so they have a gray top, white belly. So they, sometimes in some pictures they look. It's like, got a great top. He's got like a like, like a, from Lululemon or something like a, like a tube top. <laughs> Ooh, lemon. <laughs> Lululemon, it's a store Do you, it's a, that you go to. It's in some malls, <laughs> and it's not a. I do not frequent. I don't. I'm think a little I've bit disappointed in one. you. I gotta say, I just you know I live in the world and I hear words. <sighs> if it's not like Louis Vuitton, I don't know it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, yes. Gray top. Gray top. White belly. Uh-huh. Large pectoral fins. It's actually covered in these tooth-like things called dermal denticles, which are just scales. Just yeah. fish scales. And it, if you zoom in on this, it looks like straight-up teeth. Yeah, it's... That's why you're not supposed to pet them backwards. 
<laughs> or is that guess it's cats? <laughs> it's both. It's both. Um, one will really hurt though. Don't so pet actually, a shark at all. But, but yeah, well, don't don't pet this shark unless they let you. Actually, this one's not very. And by they, I mean the authorities. <laughs> the shark authorities that yeah. are hovering in the boat above you. Yeah. It's like yes, you now have certification to pet that shark. But they, these guys have relatively small mouths. I don't think they're not. I don't think they're um, a danger to humans. Very much. Probably don't want to stick your hand in there. I don't think you could. Oh, yes, you could. Oh, yeah. I guess with the with the bigger ones, you definitely could. With this common one. The common thresher shark. So it has a perpetual expression of shock, surprise, and mild horror. Um, it has a super long caudal fin, which is when you look at a shark and it has, its tail has a top part and a bottom part that come, like splits off like an airplane wing. Um, that top part is the caudal fin. And it's really long. It's the... Um, it's sometimes equal to the body length of the entire shark. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where you you would look at a silhouette and immediately say, that's a thresher shark because of how long this this caudal fin is. Caudal? Caudal? I've heard it your, the first way. I was going by whatever Merlin says in um, in The Sword in the Stone. It's like, let's start off with a caudal fin. Yeah, that'll do. To and fro. Although he's British, so they say things wrong. That's true, they do. Um, <laughs> let's let's alienate all of our UK fans. So I'm sorry, UK fans. How long is that tail? How how long is the tail? Or how long is the shark? Oh, you you want to you want to learn something about the measurements of this creature? Just just get it over with. <laughs> it's time for the listeners' most beloved part of the show. The 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 hashtag measure up on Twitter. Tweet at it. Uh, tweet with it. Um, is that what you do? Is that the preposition? You tweet with it? Yeah, tweet with it. <laughs> anyway, it's the it's the best part of the show. Measure up! Measure up. Okay, that'll be good. Like a zoom zoom thing? Yeah. I like it. <laughs> um, so this is the part of the show where I, Joe, pose to you, Carlos, questions that will relate the size and dimensions and other interesting measurements of this animal to the listener with fun comparisons. I Let's start with length. There are, they can reach uh, 5 meters or 16 feet. So here we go. If a single shark week could be measured in feet and was 10 feet long, how many thresher sharks would it take to reach the total number of shark weeks, including the most recent 2018 event? Would you like a hint? <laughs> you gotta goodbye. No, you gotta come back. <laughs> Maybe I have a hint. Maybe the hint will help. I can't believe I'm back here. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't come back. Here's the hint: Shark Week originally started in the '80s to promote conservation and to correct popular misconceptions about sharks but later became controversial for heavy dramatization that bordered on fiction. It's basically to fix what Steven Spielberg started. That's why they started it, but then they became part of the problem. Okay. Anyway, it started in the 1980s, and that's helpful. Can you tell me what the question was again? <laughs> uh, if a single shark week... I stopped thinking <laughs> at, about anything once you tried to compare the length of a shark... To the length of time that a shark week is. <laughs> no, no, no. What you're looking for is how many shark weeks there have been, each one being 10 feet long, 
And if you add those together, shark how weeks many being ten feet long. Yes. We're pretending like a shark week is ten feet. So here here's the metaphysical problem we're having. Yes. <laughs> anyway, that's that's one shark week equals ten feet. Okay. How many shark weeks are there? And add those together, and how many thresher shark lengths go into that? Okay. Um, and it started in the 1980s. So if it started in the 80s, let's say it started in 1985, uh-huh. a good 10 years after Jaws came out, to quell all of these problems we had with great whites. Um, and it's 2018. I'm going to round it a little bit down to 2015, just to give myself a good, solid 30 years. Okay. Um, and how, and you said it was like... I mean, a, okay. It's... It's gone till 2018. You're just going to add that in later, I guess? Well, I mean, you're asking me how many sharks go into this. And the shark is like 20 feet long. So it's like two and a half. Like it's a, it's a shark and a half. Is that your answer? Yes. It's 1.9 threshers. So pretty close. Yeah. I wasn't about it started to do, in 1988. I wasn't about to do decimals. This was its actual 30th anniversary. Oh, okay. So I yeah. Sh- I should probably know that considering all of the shark research I've done today. <laughs> um, let's talk about weight. They are 230 kilograms or 510 libs, a.k.a. pounds. Olbs. How many thresher sharks go into the weight of a Mark 48 torpedo, an American heavyweight submarine launched torpedo? Okay. Would you like a hint? Heavyweight sub. I have a hint. All right, give me a hint. The torpedo was designed to sink high-powered submarines and ships. Doesn't help. Um, It's a high-powered Submarines and ships is a big torpedo. Okay. You did say it came from a heavyweight sub, so I already got that part. Um, yes. You said how many How many pounds? The shark is 510. 510 pounds. I'm going to take that down to 500 just to get in the ballpark. Um, I don't know. That, torpedoes sound like they would weigh... Ten thousand pounds? That sounds like a that sounds like a good torpedo weight. The the weight the the approximate weight of an anchor that a cruise ship anchor that that <laughs> this, is, this is a good healthy weight for my torpedoes to be. Yeah, <laughs> I want to get your torpedoes between nine thousand five hundred pounds and ten thousand two hundred pounds. You really want it to be bulky and require a lot of mass. Yeah. Um. Fine. I forgot about the anchor thing. Let's bring it back down to 5,000 pounds. Okay. It's half an anchor. Yeah. It's going to be 10,000. Um, and uh, so at 5,000 and we have 500 pounds that we're working with, I'm going to say 10. 10? The answer is 1.3. Oh, those are really light. A sub, uh, Mark 48 torpedo is 650 pounds. That is a weak torpedo. It's got a large warhead. It's got a nuclear war, not nuclear, hopefully. Let's talk about depths. The final question. Okay. Uh, they can reach about 500 meters, and as we said before, that's 1,800 feet. How many depths of Lake Tahoe go into a thresher shark's, ma- shark's maximum depth? Would you like a hint? Can I have a helpful one this time? Uh, the, yes. This okay. is a great hint. Okay. Indie rock band Sherwood released a song called Lake Tahoe for my father on their first full-length album, Sing But Keep Going, debuting in 2005. Mm, The song (laughs) recounts memories from the writer and guitarist Dan Koch's childhood visiting Lake Tahoe with his father, but the lyrics take on an overall theme of nostalgia and homesickness. Now that's deep. I've definitely hit the skip ahead 15 seconds mark at this point on my on my on Apple Podcasts just after leaving a just a sterling review for this show. <laughs> um, so um, 
how how many metaphysical depths of the the Sherwood song um, go into eighteen hundred feet? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down with ten again. Okay, ten. Yeah, wrong. Uh, no, yeah, all obviously. three have been in the one and to between one and two. It is one point one Lake Tahoe depths. Okay, like I didn't realize Lake Tahoe was so deep. Yeah, it is pretty dang deep. It's a uh, six sixteen hundred feet. I thought it was like Lake Okeechobee, where it's not very deep at all. No, wrong. it's a large, large lake. Now we all know how deep Lake Tahoe is, and a little bit more, a tiny bit more, about this shark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me let me hit you with some interesting stuff, since we are getting close to the major fact point. Mm. Um, these sharks, like actually a lot of mackerel sharks in the order, Lamniformes, are endothermic meaning that they can regulate their body temperature they do so with a strip of muscles along each of the shark's flanks which allow it to control and maintain body heat that is generated through um eating the um metabolism a rare trait for a cold-blooded boy yes but it's or a girl par- it's apparently a common trait for shark? these, these sharks thresher sharks or just sharks lamniformes oh um and actually thresher sharks don't do it like they're not as efficient at it as other sharks. Ah. Um, and that's actually my last fast fact so that we can get onto the, 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 the nitty gritty, the meat of it. Good, good. The shark meat of it. Shark meat. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Thresher sharks are typically solitary animals, which means they hunt alone. Sometimes they can travel in pairs or in threes. Is that the, the one step up from pairs? Trios? Triads? Yeah. Tri- they travel in triads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in, in drug triads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they primarily hunt shoal foraging fish or shoal forage fish. Since they have such small mouths, uh, they forage fish are small species that serve primarily as a food source for a variety of ocean predators. It fits right into that little mouth beaker Beaker mouth beaker slot. Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what the shark says all the time. It does. It gets really annoying. <laughs> um, but they're also called bait fish or prey fish. Shoaling refers to fish that travel in groups. Um, shoals are helpful for defense, and they are also for social behavior, mm-hmm. like mating. Um, Ew, gross. Don't talk about that, please. Schooling is a type of shoaling where fish synchronize swim. That's so cool. schools of fish, a school, schooling, mm-hmm. that's when they're like moving and synchronized in the same direction and they seem to be moving together. So when they synchronize away from you, you've just been schooled? Yeah, exactly. Neat. Um, I've learned a lot of neat things so far. <laughs> uh, schooling can overwhelm predators, making it hard to focus on just one target. This is called the predator confusion effect. Uh, and it's similar to trying to find a particular spice on the spice aisle. <laughs> it's like, dang it, I'm trying to find clove, but I can't see it through all this cinnamon. This is this. So this is a phenomenon in humans called the inattentional, called inattentional blindness or perceptual bl- blindness. When thing something is right in front of your face, but you can't see it because you're overwhelmed by options and sensory overload. I feel like and this the, just... the place that it happens to me the most is in the spice aisle. Really. Yeah. The place that happens to me the most is at all times throughout my entire life. Is people needing to point things out that are directly in front of my face. 
Yeah, that's that's called um, inattentional blindness, and it's similar to what's going on with the with schooling. Great. Now I have a term for my crippling disability. <laughs> uh, school fish are harder to catch because of multiple the because multiple prey have multiple eyes. So if you're swimming next to Jerry and you're just like minding your own business, but Jerry spots a thresher shark and he's moving and you're schooling with him so you <laughs> he's your classmate <laughs> you guys have your apples yeah yeah you you're, you're gonna get your apples to their destination because he's paying attention and your jansport backpacks <laughs> yes that's overstuffed overstuffed jansport backpacks um school that is school it's real school so fish have lateral line organs including sharks which detect movement, vibration, and pressure. It's this like sixth, sixth sense. Mm-hmm. It's a hard word. Sixth. Sure, I'm not even gonna try it. But but the lateral line organ can be confused by schooling, making groups seem like one large fish. That must be scary. It must be scary. If yeah. you think that all like these five thousand bait fish are one giant thing. Yeah, and that's that's. That's when the thresher shark is like, I don't know about this. But then he, he sees him. <laughs> <laughs> then it doesn't work. <laughs> um, too long, didn't read version of that whole s- situation was schooling fish are hard to catch, especially by yourself. Okay. So ask for help. Or. Or do something else. Other predators work together uh, to separate fish from shoals. But as we said, threshers work alone. Yeah, they're... Fly home, buddy. Yeah. I work alone. <laughs> um, so how does the solitary thresher shark catch herring and stuff? He uses a Pokemon move to lower their defense. Yeah. The thresher shark has a unique tail fin, as we already suggested to you. A big one. A we've big posited. We've, we've submitted that to you. <laughs> we've, we've suggested it like it could be possible. <laughs> it's an extra long upper lobe, which you call what? The co- codgel. The codgel. The codgel fin. Um, the shark uses its tail to whip prey, fi- to, to whip prey fish, um, leaving them bewitched, bew- bothered, and bewildered. You've been thrasher shark! <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. It's there's, exactly what happens. Just my song. Sometimes. Nice. Short and sweet. Yeah. I like, I was going to do more, like, but I didn't want to. Um, so, threshers are pretty fast. They could potentially catch, uh, they do do this. They catch prey in all out sprints with decent success. But that's a lot of energy for one small herring plus the chance of missing. Mm-hmm. Whipping can stun multiple prey in a group and sometimes kill fish outright um, with just one strike. So both direct contact and the force generated from the whip can stun a fish. Uh, mm-hmm. And they've estimated that the, the tip will reach 50 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. Pretty fast. Pretty fast whip. Um, not as fast as like... A mantis shrimp punch. Not not as fast as a man with a whip. It goes a lot faster. It has to break the speed of sound in order to like make that cracking sound anyway. Yeah, but a lot faster than a man with a whip could do underwater. Okay. Makes um, sense. Uh, it's speculated the tail whip is powerful enough to split water into hydrogen and oxygen. I did not believe that when I first heard it on one of the videos, and then I read it in the life science, and I was like, 
Dang. I guess they figured that out by the the fact that there are bubbles whenever yeah. it does it. Well, if you see bubbles generated underwater, something's either breathing or gas is being released because of something, some reason. That is it's pretty crazy. Uh, so this approach is estimated to only be successful about 60% of the time, but they make up for it by eating three or four fish every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a scorpion sting. Yeah. It, it like swims up then stops and whoosh. Yeah. So it, it does it by like swimming up pretty quickly, using its pectoral fins to stop itself. And then, yeah, like a scorpion whipping its tail over its head. Mm-hmm. And does gets good. Him. Gets him good. Gets him. Smacks yeah. him and snacks him. It also uh, breaches. It's one. Of, it's one of the few sharks that fully breach, including mm-hmm. a great white. Um, but I couldn't find out why they do that. I I wasn't sure if it. I mean, I imagine the great white does it as a um, stealth because they're coming from below, mm-hmm. deep below, and they come at pretty pretty breakneck speeds. Mm-hmm. And if something's coming from below, you're kind of backed up against the, a big air wall. The surface? <laughs> yeah. So there's only one place left to go, and it's just straight up. Uh, or humpbacks breach and then come down to stun fish with its... So that's another Pokemon move, body slam. Body slam, yeah. yeah. I think Thresher Sharks just breach for uh, Nagio photographers. It's like, hey, look. <laughs> Well, you know what else? They do another Pokemon move. Thresher Sharks. Bubble? Bite. <laughs> Bubble too. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, a, that's what I got. Although bubbles aren't made of water. Unless they're underwater. I'm not going to go into this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So. That's Thresher Shark for you. Very cool Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> And that definitely doesn't look anything like a fox. So for you out there in podcast land, scorpions strike your prey. Don't brag about it. And just keep swimming like we do here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Aw, snap! It's the end of the episode, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to whip up a call to action. If you're a fan of Life, Death, and Taxonomy, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the show. We're not just fishing for compliments. Reviews tell algorithms that people are listening, which helps more people find the show. If you have comments, questions, or episode suggestions, show us some love on Facebook, Twitter, or Gmail where we can be found at Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Thanks for listening. Without you, this podcast would be adrift in the vast digital oceans of the endless internet, derelict with no heading. But each of you is a breeze in our sails, driving us toward the horizon, seeking adventure and treasure in the form of interesting animal info. So thank you, you North Stars, you finely tuned compasses, you nautical navigation equipments. What are you doing? You fish finders. You sea charts. You topographical maps of the ocean floor. Oh, okay. (laughs) You marine sextants. 
You southeasterlies. You northeasterlies. All right, I'm done. I'm you're done. all easterlies and westerlies. I don't know if there are southerlies, but you're those too. Y'all are full-on global positioning systems. It, it's just good. Bye-bye now. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Brain Trust Brothers Network. For more information about this podcast or others, visit BrainTrustBros.com. <laughs> oh, man. Baby Shark. Doo, doo, oh, doo, I know doo, this. Doo, doo, baby Shark. You yeah. know this song? Yeah, we did it in VBS. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> I only heard it once, and it's so stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we, we definitely go. Definitely should have sung that song on this episode. Aw, snap. <laughs> Get it? All right. <laughs>